Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, hi, hi. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, hi Danielle. Hi. Hello, Zach. Hi, hey, everybody. Yeah. Holy cow. Hello, listeners. I Hi, am listeners. your spiritual guru Hi, today. It's cold My and rainy. My name in LA. is Finn. Wait, what? <laughs> yes, it is. It's it cold, is cold and, rainy. and rainy. Yeah. We're not supposed to have this weather. What's wrong? What's going on? <laughs> It's amazing. Oh, my God. You know what? Um, Mammoth is just getting dumped on. Uh, our two local ski mountains, Big Bear and Mammoth, are are, are covered with, with fresh powder. That's Ooh. nice. Like cocaine? <laughs> um, yes. Is it powder? Like, much <laughs> like cocaine. Covered in beautiful, beautiful I always snow. hear in the rap songs that they, they talk about skiing. Is that what they mean? The powder, the cocaine, the ski? Yes, they do. Yes. Really? Do rappers do coke? Yes. Are you kidding me? I just I think, thought they smoked blunts. And I stuff. think my wife and myself are the only people in America that don't do coke in the world that don't do what? coke. What? No. Joel, do you do coke? That's not true. No. Joel, do you do coke? Drug. It's the worst. worst drug. Have you ever done it? What I have, but I. I have like never, it. never in my life. <laughs> You're not missing anything. It's I know. Really you know why? Because if I did, I'd be hooked. I have a very addictive personality, and I know mm. this. So things that I try to stay away from are things like booze, because once I go on a binge, it's crazy. Crack cocaine uh, and and other forms of cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't want to try them. I don't ever want to try them because of my addictive personality. I'm hooked on weed so bad right now. I'm trying to figure a way off the shit. Oh, yeah. I I thought you were trying to get off the weed. You were. uh, I am trying. I'm still working on it. I just like it so much. But also, 
It's freaking, you know, it's fuck what they say. It the truth is, it is very addictive. Yeah, I agree with you. I you're not the only pothead addict I know. I know a couple. Well, you don't have to call me a fucking addict, man. That hurts a little bit. Well, little I'm bit. just saying that I love ganja as well, but uh, people saying that it's not addictive is I always thought a bit silly. Yeah, that is very silly. It's the not feel- prob- it's not, yeah. not physically addictive, but it's right. definitely mentally addictive. Right. Absolutely. Just the it's like that oral fixation, the mm-hmm. feeling of putting cigarettes to your mouth and all of that stuff because you can eat marijuana. You could totally eat it, but there's nothing like smoking it. It's also the pandemic is a little like, ugh, I'm so bored, you know. It's so long too, man. The pandemic (laughs) pandemic is so long. (laughs) Jeez. Do you find when you're watching like TV shows and movies and people are all hanging out in like a bar or doing like things we can't do anymore that you're like, oh, that looks so fun. (laughs) Well, just look at Australia. They're having a blast over there. Really? Yeah. They got like they've got like under a thousand cases of COVID, something like two hundred and something cases of COVID over there. Oh yeah. Dude. They're doing great. They're doing great. And they're probably still on lockdown. They're still taking it very seriously. You know, it's serious. You know what I mean? They're still yeah. taking it very serious. They're like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go outside. There's a possibility. They probably still have masks on and everything. Right. I don't know. I'm speaking out of turn. Hey, if you're wanna, from Australia, let me know. I want to thank everyone um, for all the love I got um, because my my big announcement came out that Yay. I'm going to be in, uh, cheaper by the dozen. Woo! So you everyone, guys are swirling in this, huh? Welcome to the swirl, baby. I know. Welcome I was laughing to, to myself. Swirl. I was laughing to myself as I was dialing into this. I was like, I'm kind of playing Donald. Like I'm in, a, <laughs> the, I'm in an the interracial relationship. Donald. I'm in an interracial relationship with twelve kids. <laughs> Kenya Barris wrote the script, and it's really, really good. And um, I'm just so stoked. So thank you all for the for the love you gave me. Um, I, hey. I, I saw lots of your comments, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, is that the thing that you guys beeped and when when you were talking about it?" And yes, that is indeed the thing. And I'm really, 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 really excited. It's really and cool, man. That's so awesome, dude. Thank you. I'm really. Is, stoked. is it just you two right now that have been cast? All the kids have been cast. Okay. Um, because it's such a process to cast 12 children, as you can imagine, and they're of different races and they're of, uh, you know, one of them is handicapped uh, in a wheelchair and they wanted to have an actual uh, girl in a wheelchair. And so, and of so many different types of children, of course. And so to do that, they had to do a huge search across the country. And, um, and the director has been doing it the entire time we've been in lockdown she's been doing it over over video over the web i have a question yeah why is it cheaper by the dozen i don't think a dozen would be expensive i <laughs> thought it would be cheaper i mean i guess if you round it out we're gonna you're gonna pay less by like a little bit by the dozen no i but think the expression is when you buy things um but i know i get it i get it the dozen but why is it always cheaper that way because I think the baker's do, I think the baker's dozen is cheaper than the dozen though. Right? Isn't the baker's dozen cheaper than the dozen? How much weed did you have? It's only one o'clock. I smoked so much weed today. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who we got on the show? Who's on the show today? <laughs> we have uh Sarah Chalk today on the show, and that's very exciting because everybody loves Sarah Chalk. And we also have GT from GT's Kombucha because Joel. Uh, we wanted to figure out a way to better explain to people. We're always hyping up GT's kombucha, mm-hmm. and Donald and I genuinely love it. 
but we don't really necessarily explain it that well. So we thought we would have GT on to explain. First of all, he's a really interesting guy who 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 made this ginormous company and and is is a huge success. He's so got a great story behind it too. It's kind of an I, interesting, you know. yeah, um, just American businessman story. But also, um, uh, he can explain kombucha better than better than we can. Is he is he here, guys? He is here. Let's invite him in, huh, Donald? Yeah, absolutely. GT. There he is. There he is. Oh my Ladies god. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for GT of GT's <laughs> kombucha. Dude, you're so young. It really is like I forgot how young you are and you've made this ginormous company. I'm just taking in your your long, your young, beautiful face. He's not oh. young. He's really seventy-five. It's the I know, kombucha it's the that kombucha. makes him look young. It's the kombucha that makes him look young. That would be a funny thing if that were true. I'm just going to tell everyone that he's really seventy-five years old, but he's young and handsome looking. Yeah, <laughs> and I bathe in kombucha, and that's the secret to my vitality. I don't know. Just rub it on your face or something, man. You look yeah. great. Thank you. Well, well listen, it's so great to see you guys. Thank it's so great to see you. We, we. This is, by the way, this is Joel and Daniel. Hi. Hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. We Very wanted nice to have to you on, you. man, because we're always talking about how much we love uh, your product. And I think that Donald and I, other than saying the obvious things, it tastes awesome and we know it's good for our gut. We um, we kind of fall short and we've, we've spoken to you about it. So we thought you could help explain to our listeners, first and foremost, you know, in very simple terms, because... You know, you can get technical about like gut health and everything, but just like they have this thing on Reddit called explain it like I'm five. So yeah. I was thinking you could explain it like we're all five. Why why is kombucha so good for our for our health? Kombucha is good for your health because again, as we all know, our stomachs really are the source of our nutrition and our vitality. But over the course of our lives, they become compromised and we're not really digesting completely the foods that we eat, therefore we're not getting the, the nourishment. So that's number one. So kombucha kind of helps restore that balance to allow your digestion to fully function and do everything it's intended to do. In addition to that, I mean, we're learning more and more that our stomachs do more than digest food. They are in many ways kind of the, the second brain and they're the center of many things, whether it's our moods, our energy levels, um, things that we crave, things of that nature. And of course, ultimately they go hand in hand with our immune system. So, I mean, to sum it all up, the, the that the gut and the stomach and the digestion is really the center of our wellness. And so nothing else will get better until we take care of our digestion. And, and okay, so here's my question. Why does it taste so damn good? I mean, right. how do you do that? How do you do that? You, because I've had other, you, I have had other ones, other brands, and they don't taste as good. And are you the, are you the biggest brand in, 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 in the USA? We're the, actually the biggest brand in the world. Wow. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Look at yeah. you. And how old are you? Well, you don't have to tell me, but you look like you're 30 years old. And well, I, I'm happy to tell you I'm 43. Well, you are you really? Like, you look 29. Yeah. And, are uh, you really 43? <laughs> yeah. Ni 1977, baby. GT. So boy, wait, wait, wait. Go back because Donald and, I are, are, Donald and I are proud of you. You, just are give the us first, you are the first person that I can say, well, you can't say it's not just black that don't crack. <laughs> My dude, you got that Paul Rudd in you. What are y'all doing? You're it's sucking the, the blood. Kombucha. It's the GT's kombucha. That's I, right. That's what it wait, is. Wait, so wait, Dave, tell us um, about how, will you tell us the short version because, you know, um, I've heard the long version and it's fucking extraordinary, but it's probably too long for this podcast. But will you give everyone just the bullet points of how you made this company? Because I just think you're also just an inspirational story of, of creating this thing by yourself and you're the biggest 
kombucha company in the world. It's pretty cool. Well, first of all, thank you for saying that. And so, I mean, again, my company kind of started as just this personal passion and almost this happy accident. Um, you know, I was raised a vegetarian, so I was raised with the importance and understanding of how food can be your medicine as well as your poison. Um, and my parents incorporate a lot of unique foods into the household. So in addition to kombucha, it was noni, chia seed, aloe vera juice, wheatgrass, things of that nature. And so kombucha came into the household when I was uh, uh, starting to become a teenager and my parents were making it and drinking it. And they became fanatic about their consumption to the point where they were drinking multiple glasses a day, giving it to every friend and family member that walked into the household. Um, but it wasn't until kombucha helped my mom with her breast cancer, which was about two years later. And that was kind of the moment that we truly understood that not only can food be your medicine, but it can actually help your body heal itself. And so I was now around the age of 15. So my mother was my best friend and is my everything. And so the fact that her health was on the line and then this pungent tasting tea called kombucha had helped her is really what became the catalyst for me to have this desire to share it with the world. Again, I was too young to be an entrepreneur or a businessman or anything you know, of that nature. And so I really was just leading from the heart as I loved kombucha, wanted to share it. And so I did. And, there, and I went about it in many ways with just, um, again, a personal passion and just almost like a hobby that I was happy if just one person liked it. Mm. Right. Well, they so say were you like you the lemonade? The were you like the lemonade stand? But it was kombucha. Was that yeah. was that how you really exactly? Yeah. Out of the, out I was of like the trunk? this young. Yeah, I was like this young little guy uh, sampling at Air One, which was my first store. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Of course, Air One's like this phenomenon lately in Los Angeles. Like everybody yeah, if you don't live Air in One. L.A., uh, Air One is like uh, an even healthier, more beautiful Whole Foods, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty That's amazing. Exactly it. It's it's a pretty amazing market. And and um and you're really represented there well because G you guys always send me and Donald flavors and I went into to Air One and it was like where are all how come we haven't had all of these there's so <laughs> yeah, how many yeah. different flavors do you have now Oh my God we have over thirty and you're right Air One and stores like Air One you walk in and it's like this oasis of kombucha you have like every single flavor every single every kind of size you could your heart could desire. Mm. Um, and, and that's why naturally I started at Air One. And so, yeah, I mean, I was sampling and I was really just like, to, as you said, almost like this kombucha stand within the store. And I would be there or my mother would be there virtually every weekend. And we would just sample, 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 talk about it. And so your point earlier is, to be honest, kombucha back then, at least, wasn't something that people really gravitated to purely from a, a flavor standpoint. Because back then we were programmed differently, or at least our palate was, where it was Snapple, it was Seven Up, Coke, Pepsi, Gatorade. I mean, those were really the iconic brands, especially in the beverage space. Back it's then. amazing how much sugar we were drinking. You know, like, and and not like natural sugar, like bullshit sugar. I mean, I was yeah. a big snap. I would drink peach Snapples when I was like in high school, and they yeah, were like so it was going out of style, dude. Oh my god! Yeah. And 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 of course, regular Coke when we were kids. My my dad would get the two liter bottle of regular Coke. And you look you're, back and go, just, just man, we were just pounding processed sugar. Oh, my God. You're so right. I mean, the two things that Snapple did br brilliantly is made from the best stuff on earth, which is like the world's biggest scam. And yeah. then the second <laughs> one was the high fructose corn syrup that I remember me and my friends were like, look, it's it's corn. So it's a vegetable and it's fructose. Right. And that's found in fruit. Like, we're good. This is actually right. good This is going to work. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and then we all got diabetes. So right. <laughs> no, it's just amazing how how much sugar for no reason we were all just pounding. Yeah, it's true. So I mean that's a great thing, and so that's why to your point now kombucha 
is really more of a popular thing is as I think our palates and the consumer's behavior has evolved, kombucha is a perfect opportunity to participate in that new, new kind of palate, um, which is why you're seeing more sour foods, uh, more sour drinks. You're seeing things that have more of an alternative flavor versus like the, just the highly salty or highly sugary stuff that we used to drink, you know, a decade ago. I like it because for me, it tastes so different from everything else that it feels like a, a, an afternoon treat. Like it's something I, I can look forward to having because it's not, it's just, it's, it, 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 I've said this to you before um, and I've said it to the audience before that it almost feels like you're having a cocktail. I mean, there's no booze in it or there's a microscopic amount of booze in it, but you, yeah. but you feel like it's the feeling you have like, oh, cool. Day's over. I'm going to have a beer, but this you can have like at, at one. It's like, oh, cool. After lunch, I'm going to have a, I'm going to treat myself to a kombucha. You know what I mean? It has that it's, feeling to me. It, it definitely feels like sometimes it also sometimes feels like a substitute instead of a beer, you can reach for a kombucha and you feel, and you also, you know that when you're drinking it, you're feeling, you're filling your body with probiotics, which is crazy to really think about, like, when I think probiotics, I'm thinking I'm going to hold my nose and I'm going to get it down as quick as possible. But with this, it's just like, I feel like, I, you know, I feel like I'm having my evening beverage, you know. <laughs> but I'm also getting, um, I'm, I'm, I'm also health. giving my, I'm also giving my body the nutrition it needs. And that's yeah. always yeah. a great feeling. Yeah. And that's exactly what we hear, actually, from our fans, is that a lot of people say, you know what, when I drink your kombucha, it feels like a reward. It feels like a treat. It feels like mm. I'm rewarding myself for something great. And so, but it's completely guilt-free and guiltless. So it's almost like, I mean, there's a lot of analogies that I could use, you know, working out's one of them, but it doesn't sound like a silly one, but almost like dancing. Dancing something that you have fun when you're doing, but it's also a great workout. So kombucha is kind of like that where you enjoy it and it's experiential in that respect, but it's actually also helping your body. I feel yeah. it about Peloton. Um, yeah, Donald and I have both exactly. and I have both been spinning, and it's like fun. I mean, I mean, granted, it sucks sometimes, and you and you're cursing at the sky, but but you're still like it's definitely the most fun form spinning and or 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 cycling, I should say, if you don't have a yeah. bike, is the most is is really fun to me. No, that's um, exactly how do you it. feel about how do you feel about celebration with kombucha with GTS? Like you know, like I I once put tequila. Yeah, we wanted to ask you because this has come up. Uh, Donald and I were like, are we allowed? We know he's a health nut. Are we allowed to ask him about putting booze in it? Because I want to know what your thoughts as a company are on this. Because I have friends, not just Donald's, who love to mix it with a little something. And I want to know what you thought about that. Well, actually, I'm all for it. Because first of all, as we know, you know, until recently, mixers were just kind of loaded with sugar and loaded with preservatives and had really no nutritional value. So kombucha is a great replacement for those just on that alone. But then when you factor in that, yes, you could argue mixing alcohol with something healthy is somewhat counterintuitive, but in reality, you're actually reducing the negative impact of the alcohol. Because a lot of people say that not only do they get a kind of a clearer buzz when they mix their alcohol with kombucha, but nine out of 10 times, if not 10 out of 10 times, they don't get a hangover the next That's day. What That's Raiden what Josh Raiden saying. That's Josh what Raiden, I told you. Did Josh, yeah, Josh Raiden told me that? Yeah. See, our, our buddy Josh yeah. Raiden, he, we went over to his house. Donald, were you there? We must have been together. We I wasn't over, there. I wasn't oh, there. I must have. I don't know how you told, but we went over to his house and he's like, my new thing. At your house, dude. At your house. Oh, at my house. He, he brought it over to my house. But I first did it. Uh, his, he's like, my new thing. I figured it out. You mix any of the GT's kombucha flavors with tequila, no hangover. And we were like, what? <laughs> but that's like his whole jam. That's that's his drink of choice. No. 
No, it's so true. And, and he's a bachelor. How... He's a bachelor. So you go over his house and the only thing in the fridge is uh, like an array of GT's kombucha flavors and tequila. he knows how to live no it's funny i i was like i said to donald i was like i was nervous to ask him like i know he's super healthy like are we allowed to mix booze with this no no listen i you know i'm gonna share with you my philosophy first of all you should never demonize anything right like so whether it's alcohol whether it's even sweets or things of that nature like we should allow our bodies to eat whatever we want them to eat but in moderation because if I think an extreme of anything is unhealthy. And yeah. so, yeah, go ahead, mix your kombucha with alcohol. I mean, again, at least it's a better choice and a better option. Right. And, um, and, and how are you like, you must be so successful. Like, are you, are you wearing gold shoes? <laughs> <laughs> is your mom proud uh, of you? Is your mom proud of you yeah, after all of this? Yeah. Yeah. My mom is very proud of me, but you know what? I really owe it to her. It's, her story, her experience, her love, her light, her, you know, spirituality that helped me do what I do and navigate it through 25 years. Because I have to be honest, you know, when starting kombucha 25 years ago was not easy. I mean, I right. can't tell you how many times people would spit it up in my face or say, no way, no how will this ever be sold in my store? It tastes weird, looks weird, smells weird. But it was really having the support of my mother constantly telling me that you're doing a good thing. You know, it's lonely at the top, but at least it's not crowded. But the reason why it's lonely at the top is it's a long, slow path to success. And, you know, imagine being a teenager, not having any friends, not doing the participating in the things that your teenage friends do and feeling completely alone. You really it's almost like what I've always said before is it's a lot like being, um, you know, a teenage mom where you're just kind of pushed into this adulthood and you really have to commit to this living thing. In many ways, you have to sacrifice and so yeah, so it's been great and I don't take it for granted. And every day is a blessing in my mind and the success that I've been able to experience is something I've never, ever, ever dreamed of. Um, is That's there a amazing. GT's kombucha jet and can Donald and I ride on Wait, it? hold on. Let's, let's just talk about this. 25 years ago, you started the company, right? Yes. And now we're, we're, we're coming up on World Kombucha Day. Is this really happening? Yes. <laughs> yeah. What is yeah. World Kombucha Day? We wanted to ask you what that, what that is because we, we want to participate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for asking. So World Kombucha Day is something that we debuted a year ago um, because kombucha was first consumed in 221 BC, which is a long, long, long time ago, way before even I started drinking it. Um, so we decided to have World Kombucha Day on February 21st. So 221, just like 221 BC. And the kind of the, the philosophy behind World Kombucha Day is to really share with the world, people who are relatively new to kombucha, its history. Because I think a lot of times, especially in this country, we sometimes overlook history and, and le- legacy and lineage when we just focus on the popularity of something right here, right now. And we kind of forget about its soul, forget about its, you know, its humble beginnings and its origin. So World Kombucha Day is really intended to shine a bright light on that. Talk about its history, its tradition of being consumed, the ritual of making it, and the most importantly, what makes kombucha special, which it's as a nature-crafted elixir, if you will, that's mm. rich with so many good things that can make us healthy and happy no matter who you are or where you live. Um, so it's 221, because of 221 BC, 221 is World Kombucha Day. Yes. We'll be celebrating it. Yeah, we will. Good. All of yeah. our fake ahead, doctors, mix, mix real friends. And be cheery. Right. Yeah. Fake <laughs> doctors, real friends. We got a date, y'all. Um, <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for coming on. We, we really appreciate you. And, um, you know, it's, it's no bullshit because Donald and I, always say when we have to have advertisers on the show, we would so rather it be something we genuinely love 
Um, we try and edit out things that we don't really believe in or, or, or use. And Well, uh, you'd be and, surprised at what comes at us, and it's like, uh-uh, yeah. come on, man. I'm going to say one thing we've also said no to is things that we feel are unhealthy for people. Um, we, yeah. we, like to, we like to promote healthy things. And so um, so we're super stoked that, that you support the show, and, uh, and we really appreciate you. And I'd also yeah. feel like I'd also kind of feel like a, a jerk if you know, I you know we have something. It's such a it's such a healthy product and so good for everyone. I'd feel bad if then right after that I was McDonald's. like, go eat at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I've been watching that. Jo- I was I was watching um, that um, Jordan documentary about the the Bulls, uh, the Last Dance. Which yeah. I'm finally watching, and it's so good. It's so, but it's good. so shameless how these athletes who are in like the best shape anyone's in are like, "Be like." Sometimes I feel like he is me, and they're drinking Gatorade and eating <laughs> cheeseburgers. It's like, it's like I know, get that money, Mike. But come on, yeah, well, you got to yeah. remember back in the '80s, man. I remember watching tennis players drink Coca-Cola on the on the sidelines and smoke cigarettes during breaks, man. I this know, is but real. when you see those ads, because they show the ads of like Michael Jordan happily eating like a gross McDonald's <laughs> cheeseburger, it's like, come yeah. on, yeah, no, get I that know. money, yeah, get that listen, money, Mike. I, I'm grateful to you guys as well because I mean we rarely do advertise, and, and the reason why is we we genuinely seek that authentic kind of connectivity that yeah. you guys have shared for us. So from the bottom of my heart, I'm also very grateful. Well, oh, thank you, man. Thank you, and you're thank an inspiration. You so Last question, just because I'm sure there's a lot of um, entrepreneurs or or young entrepreneurs who dream of having a success like you've had. What what do you say to people who are just starting out and they're looking up at the giant mountain of trying to create a, a business or a product? Like, do, do you have any words of wisdom for them? Oh, absolutely. And I, I share this with anyone who ever reaches out to me for business advice. I always say, first and foremost, um, follow your heart and do what you love. But most importantly, do what makes the world a better place. Because I think sincerely gone are the days where we just create businesses and products for selfish reasons. I think, you know, even 2020 has told us we all need to work together to not only heal the planet, but also heal each other's lives. And so I believe that if you follow those tips, if you will, that only good things will come your way and people will genuinely genuinely resonate with what you're trying to offer. That's what we do. We're just offering laughs and giggles. Exactly. We're making people happy. And that's all we really want, right? Happiness and love. Yes. Right. That's, that's absolutely and health. That's all we want. And health. And health. Yeah. Health, and health. Happiness exactly. and love. The pursuit of happiness. It's in our constitution. Dude. It is. That's crazy that they said the pursuit. I know it's in that movie and everything. The movie. Wait, is that, is that the Constitution or the uh, Declaration of Independence, Daniel? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm happiness. calling on you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I, I think, think it might be the Declaration of Independence. I think you're right. I think it's the Declaration of Okay, we'll of check it. We'll check it. Joelle, please you're look You're correct. Oh, good. I am right. All right. Yes. Hold on. Sorry, Let me guys. ask my wife. She'll know. <laughs> no, don't the ask life, your wife. life, liberty, and the pursuit <laughs> of happiness. Is that the Declaration of Independence or is that the Constitution? You already looked it up. Casey doesn't know. Yeah, that's a hard question to answer. I just want to see seventeen seventy six. She said, "Whatever the she said, whatever the fuck that, that is." What's the seventeen? <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate. Hold on, you. man. I want to say what? bye too. All right, say bye. Stop talking to your wife. Talk to Dave. Thank you, man. It's good to see you, man. It's good to see you. You look so good, good man. Let me ask you a question. You're working out like crazy right now. What, what's going on? Because I am a. We're having conversations on the show. Zach's a younger man than I am. I have reached that age where I can't cheat anymore. If I cheat, guess what happens? It doesn't go away. 
Oh, it yeah. never, you know what I mean? Like if I have a cheat meal, I'm in deep trouble. No, so I my agree. question is, my question is, are you, what, what, other than the kombucha, what are you doing that looks so good, man? You're looking, um, you're looking fit. You're he looking. probably doesn't get high and eat fried chicken and shut waffles. Shut up night. already. Oh, well, no, actually, I do get high. Uh, oh. I just don't eat fried waffles. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I, I mean, I'll, lay, I'll break it down for you really simply. First of all, you know, I think being plant-based as much as possible is, is huge, right? Mm. But it's not just being plant-based. It's making sure that you're eating a diet that's whole and um, rich in whole food. So things that aren't in a box, a can, or a bag, because mm. chances are those are heavily processed and loaded with stuff that's not good. Um, you know, I don't believe in cheap days, but as I said earlier, I do believe in allowing your body to have a little taste of dessert or a little something just so you aren't depriving your body of it. But then after a bite or two, you kind of push the plate away. Um, and then most importantly, make sure that you break a sweat every day, mm. right? That you right just on. do something, whether you swim in your pool, if you can, or walk your neighborhood or go to the gym or even do push-ups or yoga in your house. Yeah. Um, because a lot like brushing your teeth, I think physical fitness is a daily practice. And yeah. it, when you make it a daily habit, you never have to make an excuse of why you need to do it or, or why you couldn't do it. And so that's what I do. I, you know, I work out every day. And in addition to that, which goes hand in hand with physical fitness, is making sure you get a good night's rest every night. So I really allow myself eight hours of sleep no matter what. Mm. And that with physical fitness keeps me in shape. Wow. You look great, man. You look amazing. Donald and I thank want to look you. more like you. So, in I, I really do, and I thank you for being on the show, man. Yeah. I really, really, no. really appreciate you coming. Thank you on. for having me. I'm honored. All right, Thanks buddy. for all the love. Thank you. We love it. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll Be see well, you brother. soon. All right. Take, care, Take care. God bless. Be well. You're welcome. Bye bye. You too. <laughs> it's always great to Inspiring. have him on, man. Right? It's always great. We haven't had him on before. What are you talking about? We've had him. Well, had him on Zoom. You know what I mean? Like when we have. When we talk to him on Zoom and stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking hell, you're so stoned right now. I am blitzed right now. You just said, it's always great to have him on. We haven't had him on before. That's how high yeah, Donald no, is. No, wait, hold on. Let me try and save what I salvaged. <laughs> yeah, I let said. me hear it. Let me hear it. Okay. Let me hear it. It's from the Zooms, man, because we do. We've yes, done we've, we and I yes. have privately Zoomed him. Yes, that has <laughs> and happened. And that, yeah. I kind of confused Oh, so you meant to say it's always great to have him on Zoom? Yes, it's always great to be around. Him to talk to him. <laughs> no, all bullshit aside, he is the inspiration, man, because not only is he a super healthy guy, he like created this company when he was a baby, and uh, it, he's the biggest com biggest kombucha brand in the world. What's crazy is that, is that I would never have guessed that he was 43 years old. That's yeah. He doesn't look it. He looks, he looks a great. lot younger than that. A all lot right, so we, should we go to break and come back with the Sarah Chalk? Uh, sure. All right. Yes. We'll be right back with Sarah Chalk. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. 
Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie-loving friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Ding dong, Las, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. And we're back. We're back. Yes, GameStop. Yes. You want to talk about GameStop, Donald? Should we talk <laughs> about what's going on? I don't un- quite understand. I understand that. I don't understand how the stock is being driven up. Is it? I've read enough, are- and Daniel will probably have a better answer. But I've read enough to let me try. Okay, or Joel. Joel also probably knows a lot. Okay, never mind. Never, okay. I, my guess is my. I often guess which one of you will know more about a given topic, and I'm usually kind of right. You always go, Daniel. I was no? going to say Joel is so knowledgeable. <laughs> no, Joel, I go. Joel, I go for pop culture things because she's a critic and Thank knows a lot you. about pop culture. Fair. Um, Dan and I go for politics. I think he knows a lot about politics. And well, also... after what his dad did that one time, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk GameStop. Um, right. Go ahead. So let me give my my. I'm going to give it my 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 quickest take on it. Okay, and Dan will correct me. Sure. Um, you can bet that a stock will fail because you think that the company is going to crash. So when all these ga- game companies came out with their, with downloading the games and not buying them anymore, it didn't take a genius to be like, GameStop is doomed. Everyone was even joking about that, like uh, RIP GameStop when all those new consoles came out. And so the hedge fund and the stock market folks said, oh, we're going to short this, meaning we're going to, we're going to bet that it's going to fail. Okay. It's very intricate how it all works, but they're basically like betting. playing the field when you're playing craps. Exactly. Exactly. And um, what they didn't expect is that the peop- this group on Reddit called Wall Street Bets would say, we can do what's called a short squeeze if we all ba- band together, which means if we start buying that, if enough of us start buying GameStop stock, it will drive the price up, which is the exact opposite of what all these people betting against it thought it was going to do. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they have to then, to get out, they have to buy it back. And as they buy it back, it drives the price up again. So yes. it be- creates this loop 
of the the redditors, the 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 the, um, the people without a, a lot of money who were just sort of independent independent stock purchasers, they their stock goes crazy and they start making insane money and they're burying these huge hedge fund companies. How just, long does this last for? How long? That I don't know. Daniel, you go. <clears throat> um, I think so, Zach. That was a hundred percent correct. Thank very you. Well, very well put. Um, I didn't and, understand it at all until I I read about it. I also want to preface that I am not a financial expert and this is not financial advice. Yes. Okay. I think an important part uh, to add to this conversation is that, and and one of my favorite tweets about this is that this is kind of like Occupy Wall Street, but twice as stupid, but twice as effective. Yeah. So Because they're giving the finger to to these hedge funds. Precisely. I mean, Occupy Wall Street was an opportunity for people to express their concern with the amount of money that, you know, Wall Street was controlling and how much that was controlling politics. And this was a way for people to make that like a headline news story by literally destroying these hedge funds one at a time. Now, the problem and the the and the answer to the question of how long is this going to last is that companies like Robinhood or the the app Robinhood, who is allowing this kind of trade or is allowing re- retail investors to trade in such small ways, has all of a sudden stopped allowing trading on things like GameStop, AMC, Nokia, BlackBerry. Wait, I think they're they wait, wait, pa- wait. Pause there. I, I yeah, read that, that they're back on. That they, they're they back on. They, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They are back on. Sorry. That's why I apologize. I'm I'm getting to all that. So okay. they stopped. And that is what is – basically, this whole That's thing was to draw awareness – yeah, this was to That's draw awareness to the power of Wall Street over politics, over trading, over all of that. Because this is a situation where we're saying the little guy has the opportunity to trade and rich people are saying, wait, 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 don't do that. And their right. control no, – I totally I – to- yeah, dude, that's, what, that's, where the, that's where it gets messed up. It's like, right. wait, hold on. We're just doing what you did. I, right. I'm p- lumping myself in with yeah, all of sure. these people, these GameStop people. I have no, I have no investment in GameStop. Just sure. to be clear, nope. but let's put it this you, way: I wish I did. So do I, man. I wish they would. I wish I would have been on Reddit. Me too. Me too. I'd be selling three. right now. I'd be selling soon. But um, wait, that's wait, D- Daniel. So hold on. Let me the, finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Though I have a question. The the problem, the the thing that's crazy is that it's like out of nowhere, all of these people who we're working the crap out of this system or mm-hmm. trying to stop the common person Correct. from doing it themselves. Correct. And that's, that's, and that's wrong. That's, that's where the BS comes in. It's like, wait a second. Yeah. How can you shut down the site for one night and, or sorry, how can you restrict for one night? Do you know how much money they blew in one night for all of these common people who don't have the opportunity to invest like this, that was like what is it like millions and billions? Well, they of were allowed. They were allowed to sell, I believe. They just weren't allowed to buy more. Correct. Right. But but that is illegal. It's a 1936 act about you know you're not allowed to stop trading on the open market at any point. You 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 are not allowed. That is against the law, and that's what Robinhood did effectively was stop trading on the open market. And um, solely because apparently bigger companies called them and said, "You got to stop or, or, this. We're going to go yes. broke." Or yes. potentially the government, right? Which is which which would be really fucked up. Well, the now that isn't there an investigation? Is, is yeah, an investigation happening? Yeah, the government is stepping in now, and ultimately, what this will probably lead to is stricter regulations against retail traders, making it harder for the common man to invest or a common person rather to invest into the open trading market. 
which was the goal of this in the first place, was to draw attention once again to the power that the super wealthy have over what is supposed to be a global stock market. We're talking about billions of dollars in wealth just appearing and disappearing because people were deciding to be like, hey, guys, see what's going on here? The short squeeze that's happening? Boom, GameStop. This is where it's happening right now. And then the government says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you, you know, you... I don't want to say pores. You, you know, regular folk. But are they saying pores? But that's, that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what it's it's like, the they're word saying yeah, you I people, mean, you little like people it. can't it feels participate like it. in this. Yeah. It feels so, like it. Again, but Daniel, it what's like the, a, it what's feels the, like a let them eat cake situation kind yes. of thing. You know what I mean? What's, the exit, like what's the exit, though? Where I, where my brain, uh, or at least what I understand about this ends, is how, do they, how, do they, how does everyone dismount? So basically... It, the, the dis I mean, the dismount is that a bunch of people sell their shares at GameStop. I mean, like this does not. This is not a long haul where all of a sudden no. GameStop is this huge, super profitable company. Well, this no, and GameStop and, and one of the, the the elephant in the room is that GameStop is not worth three hundred dollars no, a share. It's not. No, not at all. Not at so, all. Just, so, so what happens now? This stop. What we hope for is more transparency on. No, I'm saying, how did these people get out? They just sell and and well, and, somebody's and gonna be stuck I mean, with that bill. Somebody's gonna be bingo. stuck with a stock someone's that's gonna, gonna someone's suck, gonna get stuck dude. with the bag, and that's the pro. That's the that's the problem. Basically, Wall Street bets is at the start was meant to be like stupid ass stock calls. Wall Street bets is not a place to give legitimate financial advice, and despite the fact that during this time it has evolved kind of into that, where it's more about like here's how you can help take Wait, down this hedge Explain what Wall fund. Street Bets is for people who may not know. So, as Zach was saying at the beginning, but Wall Street Bets is a that's subreddit. That's the name of the subreddit. On yeah, subreddit. And Reddit is a website that's like a content aggregator. There's a lot of smaller, what are called subreddits that are based on different categories. And one of them is called Wall Street Bets, which is basically for meme stocks. It's stock memes, jokes about where people are investing, and dumb shit. But over the past couple of weeks, it has evolved into people like taking it more and more seriously. And the issue that it's creating, and I think what should is going to, or not should, but what is going to become the central narrative of this is that regular people are going to lose a shit ton of money because they participated in this meme stock thing, thinking they could make it rich when they're not going to. So well, you can make it rich if you you can make it rich if you get out like before. Yeah, if you get out though. immediately if you're paying right. attention this whole time. But people are seeing this now, like even yesterday, and being like, "Oh shit, I'm going to put like ten grand in." It's like, ugh. Oh well, now it's too it, late. But I mean, exactly. can't they if they cash out now, though, they can make a lot of money, right? I, I even feel bad saying that on the podcast right now because oh, like gosh, the fact is right. no, the, like the right. fact is no. It's like people should not be participating in this at this point. No, I don't mean investing very... now, but I mean there are people investing in general. No, I'm saying there are people that are in already who, that are in who, who made a million dollars or more. Yeah. There's a there's a user on Reddit, uh, deep fucking value, who was looking at a twenty two million dollar come up off of this. So how do you how do you how do you get that how do you get that money though? How do you get that money if nobody's gonna buy this stock now at this point? Well, what do you got credit? Well, like, how, the, like what the, the fuck? Like the, how's the he gonna he claim this twenty two million? The hedge funds that own that stock have to pay or, it out. God, and that's out. and that's because the they up bet part. it. That's Here's right the because up they part. bet it. Instead of those hedge funds dissolving after paying this and going bankrupt and stuff like that, the government is probably going to bail them bail out. Bail them out. To yep. keep the hedge funds going. And that is what we need to all be paying attention to. Because that is where we're going to see. This is like one of those mass We bailed them out last time. It's 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 like that. The, the it's big 2008 short. all over again. I know. Yeah. There's a movie about this. You think everybody would be worth paying attention to this. But yet, money has so much control over politics. Like, all of this stuff still continues to this By day. By the way, if you're so confused and bored uh, about this conversation. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, it's fine. But I want to talk about it. And so did Donald and, and Joel. But anyway, listen. 
there's a movie that Adam McKay made called The Big yes. Short, right? Yes. And yes. The Big Short sort of explains it in a much better, funnier way. Hey, Donald, yes. you never counted us in. Do you want to count us in right before Sarah joins us? Five, six, seven, eight. Six stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. Sorry, I got very heated about that. This is no, no, it's good. Great. Talk it's channel. great. It's oh, such a great topic. Like America's changing. America's changing before our eyes, man. Like yeah. literally, we are witnessing. We are witnessing a revolution. Literally, can you, can you imagine so. the, the the guy who who who's who made twenty two million dollars off GameStop? Do you want Amazing. to? You should see it. You should see a picture of him. It's really funny. He's in his is he mom's neck beard. He better not do uh, what right. rerun did. Remember when rerun got those credit cards and he bought the scuba tank <laughs> on what's happening? <laughs> it's not like that. But this Hold guy, this guy needs to be now. careful. Headband, Hold on now. Wristbands. Twenty-two really million cute. after taxes. My yeah, man is freaking. He is banked, dude. Yeah, he He'll can buy a couple to, scuba tanks. Yeah, he can I mean, buy just, more than a couple of scuba tanks. <laughs> Another funny part of this is that, like, after he made, like, he does an, a daily update. It's called the uh, GME YOLO update every day about how much money he made. <laughs> Yesterday, he lost thirteen million dollars, and it was one not day because yeah. he didn't get like, out. Well, it's not that he. I mean, he's holding because we're still trying to fuck over this hedge fund. So the people who everybody's have all the money on, in right now, yeah, they, everybody's yeah, holding. Saying, diamond hands, is, as they say, yeah, hold on strong. What they're doing, diamond hands. Are they? Aren't they online? Like, please <laughs> don't sell. Yeah, whatever don't sell. you do, don't, don't sell. sell. But wait, don't wait. Sell. Can you explain? Last point on this audience. Yeah. I'm sorry if this doesn't interest you, but it's so interesting to me. Why? Why now? Why not sell now? Because. Um, it's going to come crashing down. Don't you want to sell and get your money out while you can? It's just to, I mean, the, the goal, again, this is about sending, there's a large part of this about sending a message. And a lot of people are putting a lot of money behind sending a message. And I think wow. that's where the disparity comes in between people who are kind of getting in late, seeing this is a money-making opportunity and people who are participating in fuck all of these hedge funds, just short squeezing companies to make even more money for, you know, nothing. They're like, Fuck you. We are going to get in this. We're going to invest a bunch of money, and we're not going to let go until you pay for it. It is kind of fucked up, though. Can you imagine, like, you create a company, and, you know, it becomes huge. And then and then you're, let's say it's not doing well all of a sudden. There's people who's – they're like – they're like um, what are those birds that fly above a, a carcass? Vultures. vultures. They're vultures. like vultures who are like, great, let's all bet that this company's going to fail now. When it dies, yeah. I'm eaten. When it and dies, then let's I'm tell everyone. Eat. Let's tell everyone it's going to fail because then we're going to make money off of it. Because yeah. we need to broadcast. We need to. We need to gossip that it's about yeah. to fail because then we'll make money. I know Elon Musk was really upset because these hedge funds like shorted his. They shorted Tesla. Yeah. Tesla, yeah. yeah. And so he's gleeful about this. Yeah, and I mean, it's just you know, uh, the stock market. It's controlled by such a small group of people sharing billions and billions of dollars. And it's like the regular person wants to get in and enjoy. And people are saying, no, not for you. Yeah, that's the thing, man. When when when, when 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 you get into the stock market, it ain't like the movies where it's, you know, where you're where you're all it's all fly and fancy and stuff like that. You can do that. But most likely you're going to lose all your money doing that. The best would, way to do it is to get like little things that are that are solid and can't go down, right? Yeah, I mean that's. You but know, that's the a, but, it's but just hold a on, let me finish. Let me finish. It's still gambling. 
Yeah, but the is joy is. But I know. But the joy is freaking living that fast life and making that fast Ooh. cash. Like I don't they think do a lot of day, I don't think a lot of day traders um, have a ton of luck, right? I mean, like some. I, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Some do, but I think in the movies people, they do. I think That's Daniel aren't I, Daniel, <laughs> I right that a lot of day traders like really f- get fucked. I mean, I don't know about I, I can't give you a stat on a lot versus a little. But what I can say is that like day trading is not like a it's a full time job. It's like right. if you decide to be a day trader, you're talking about an incredibly diverse portfolio where some of your money is going up and some of your money is going down. And like y- if you're getting part of one stock, you're failing. You want to have like a hundred things you're invested in because then you're just watching all the numbers go up and it's like, ooh, I made a hundred dollars here, I made a thousand dollars here, I made ten grand here, I lost fifty grand here, but it's okay because blah 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 blah. It's like day trading is it's not a joke and it's not like a small thing either. So it's, it's like, like yeah, it's yeah, it's a, it, you can make money for sure, but it's like. You know, do you want to invest as much time into getting to learn the stock market as you did to get into acting? No, like, I'm, not saying, I'm, gonna, I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not saying I want to become a day trader. I'm, I'm saying that people that do this and I know they sit in front right. of a screen and it's their full time job. Right. And I saw I saw like a doc about it. I feel like that's vaguely in my brain. But correct. But but I think a lot of people, again, I have no stats, but I feel like people get in over their heads. Totally. And they've got and they and just like gambling. Totally. Just like Donald going back to the ATM in Vegas. They keep going, keep going, and then all of a sudden they fucking lose everything. Yes. The only point I was making about acting was just about an investment of time. Because when people look at you two, they say they're incredibly successful. I could not imagine the skills it took to be as good at acting as as these two are. It's like, think about putting that exact same amount of time and investment into being a day trader. I'm not saying that's what you're doing. I'm saying that like as people look at easy money-making opportunities in here, it's not easy. It takes work. It takes time, just like everything else that we do. It's like craps, really. It really is like craps. It really is like you got to be able to watch so many things when you're playing craps. You got to you make so many bets and you put so many things out there, and it's really easy to lose track of what's what and how much what pays and all of that stuff. Uh, you're really good at craps. I've been I've been robbed at craps. Before. I know, but I've had fun with you at craps. <laughs> I've been robbed. You, like, you, I've literally you, 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 been you, robbed. You, you at least understand. Every time I by step the up, dealer himself, dude. Every, every time I step up to the craps table, I'm I'm usually with. I only do it when I'm with someone who knows how to play, like Donald. And I'm always like, how the hell are all these people keeping track? Even like the dealers or whatever you call them. I don't know if you call them dealers at a craps table, but they, how are they possibly? Oh, isn't it like croupier or something? I think it's croupier. I don't, I don't know. Joel, you All know I know is that game is fun, dude. You know when your <laughs> brain vomits up a term that you didn't even know? I'm, I'm, I was like, whatever they call those crap, croupier? Anyway, <laughs> I'm always like, how do they keep track of all that's going on? It's so impressive. But anyway, Donald, I've been with you, and we've had some fun. I, I, I never know what to do. I'm like, what do I do? And you're like, do this, do this. Yeah, I, 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 it's a fun game, even when you just know it a little bit. It's so confusing. But it's like, wait, I get paid? I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean you're taking my money? What happened? Aren't you, aren't you impressed that the uh, that those guys, the croupiers, they can keep track of all that's going on on the table? I just like the way they call numbers. You know what I mean? They get very creative with calling numbers. Like that was the first time I ever heard somebody do the sports center theme to nine. Nine, 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 nine. <laughs> really? Yeah. All right. Eight, is eight, Canada's eight, uh, eight, eight, eight. is Canada's favorite actress here? Yes, she is. All right. Let her in. Let that girl in. You love to here love she her. Comes. The cutest blonde on earth. Her camera's off and she's muted. Oh, Wait, there she is. Yay! 
Uh-oh. Let's see if she's figured it out. Let's see if she can figure it out. I figured it out. No, she's muted. Okay. <laughs> we can't hear you. Oh, it's muted. the AirPods? Should I take the AirPods out? No, no, no. no. Leave them no. in. <laughs> Le- okay. Leave them in. But, Donald, um, you can't do it. But Disconnect. we can't hear you. Oh, no. Okay. Ah, there you are. Better. Hi. Hi, guys. But you I need thought I was going to get so fancy. I just got these AirPods. And then Daniel had told me how to... Connect them, but I guess I don't need them. I don't need them. No, 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 You do need them. You do need them. So funny. Sarah, I love you so much. Yeah. I, I really thought this many times she'd be like, you know what? It's not going to be funny anymore because she's going to be able to figure out how to get on a Zoom call. <laughs> so uh, all, we, all we need to make sure of is that. I have the AirPods. Sarah, Sarah, I I just can't imagine how you go about your day. I just can't imagine. (laughs) So Sarah, this is Zoom, and it's um it's a video conferencing software. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. So you're not gonna believe me, but I just finished like this three day press junket for Firefly Lane, and I was like. I was so proud because there was not one technical glitch, and I just thought I was going to impress you guys. I honestly and was thinking to myself in my head, I was like, as, "Oh man, Sarah's got this. Sarah's got this dialed, so we're never." Is it working? Why can't I hear Zach? I can't hear you anymore. Oh gosh, just to, Sarah, just to make sure. So you oh know, God. in Uh-oh. the bottom, in Zoom, in the little uh, next to the microphone. There we go. We're just back. Make sh- Okay, so just make sure that the speaker is set to your Air- AirPods because we can hear you through your computer's mic, which is good, but we need to make sure we're only coming through your AirPods. Talk to me, Daniel. Hi, can you hear me? Am I coming through just your AirPods? No, you're coming through. <laughs> I'm coming you're through also coming through my speaker. So Okay, so we need to stop that. Oh, my God. So, Daniel, don't edit this out. It's too amazing. No, edit. Daniel, Daniel loves show. me. He's going to edit this out. So um, he's going to edit it out. Um, just remind me really quickly. I'm going so into... The microphone at the bottom of the big Zoom window. In the bottom left, there's a microphone yeah. symbol. Yeah. Oh, so yes. So click that yes. little arrow next to it. And then yeah. for speaker, make sure it's set to AirPods. And then for microphone, make sure it's set to like a uh, microphone or a computer microphone. Oh, thank God. Yay. So now we're just coming through your AirPods and not coming through the speaker. Just sweating, just dripping, just you're dripping doing, you with sweat right now. Killing just it. dripping you're killing with sweat. It. So you, you're great. I'm just nailing it. I'm really fucking nailing this, guys. Let's be honest. You talked um, about it know. early. You talked about it. Let's tell everybody about your new show, Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Tell oh. us about your new show. Congratulations. Congratulations. Catherine Heigl, right? Yes. Thank you so much. It was uh, it was uh, Catherine Heigl and I playing best friends over three decades. And it's based on a, a book, Firefly Lane. And uh, we play these two best friends. We get to play ourselves at 18, 23, and 43. Nice. Wow. <laughs> How did you well, possibly do 43, Sarah? Because I, I don't mean, think you're believable I love 43. you. <laughs> it is a mystery, really. I mean, the aging Did they do prosthetics, Sarah? Because I don't understand how you would ever play 43. <laughs> yeah, I know what they nothing. did. They got, like, Elmer's glue, and they rubbed yeah. it on their hand and then yeah. put it and all over her face. And put it on my face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And they're like, it's still only 36. We got to get some other. I don't know what we're going to do. It was so humbling to sit in a hair and makeup trailer and have people consult on how to make you look younger. Um, so if, if you've put tape right on your neck, like what if we just, you know, oh my what if we God. Just, and I was like, what? Oh my God. Um, Did they do the things where they tape here on your eye? 
we tried that, but it just, instead of making you look younger, just made you look like you had like a kind of like a facelift. Yeah, bad um, facelift. And we were, because we were in wigs too. So the wigs kind of naturally, and then I think they just Benjamin buttoned us and used some CGI. Um, yeah. But that, pe- that, I mean, that was like so ridiculously fun. Obviously the 80s is like my favorite decade. I still have like a drawer full of dress up clothes for my kids of my own things from the 80s. And uh so yeah, that piece was ridiculous. We got to go and play. So what network is on? How do we day. find it? Netflix. 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 Everybody. And chill. And, and when, when does you it come want out? a Netflix and chill. When does it come out? February third. Tomorrow, guys. Tomorrow on Netflix. You know you're tired of all the shit that you have on your on your streaming. You look and you're like, no, 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 no. Well, guess <laughs> what? Sarah Chalk is giving you a present. It's called Firefly Lane, right? Yes. Tomorrow on Netflix. Maybe say it a little bit more confident, Zach. Oh, sorry, let me do that again. You guys, it's called Firefly Lane with the Sarah Chalk and the Katherine Heigl, and it's funny, and I bet it's charming. Is there romance? Do you have a love interest? Should I be jealous? There's, there's actually, I have a few. I was at one day where I looked on the call sheet, and I was like, there's not one boy on this call sheet that I haven't made it with. Oh, um, wow. Ooh. And uh, you and made it was definitely... Uh, yeah, I got, I mean, obviously on scrubs, like I had to wear a lot of broad underwear, but it's very different doing that in your 20s versus your 40s. And so, I mean, there was a lot of days where it was like, oh, naked in a pool swimming at night in Canada. Excellent. And oh so while they didn't Oh, like so for, sorry to interrupt you, Sarah, but for those of you who might be interested, Sarah is often scantily clad. So watch that. Tomorrow. Do we see crack? Do we see butt crack? Do you show coin slot? Coin slot? We don't. There was a co- no, there was a conversation <laughs> about that. Um, we did not. But, you know, it still was definitely getting, like, so far out of my comfort zone because even though the, the way, you know, obviously you can shoot it in different ways, but you're still there in front of, like, 100 crew members who you know very well by this point in not a lot more than stickers. Um, oh, boy. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. And you can answer it or don't answer it. Are you simulating sex in this movie? Yes. Mm. Is there simulated no, sex no. in this show? I mean, you know, Catherine Heigl's character, Tully, it goes a little bit further than mine in those types of scenes. I do have to do like kind of, no, it's more like the beginnings of It's never, no. Okay. You're not humping. Say, There's no humping. You know what? You just gonna have to watch. Everybody, you gotta watch the show. Listen, you listen. gotta watch the show. I'm I'm kind of gonna watch now. I was gonna watch, but now I'm gonna extra watch. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna extra sit, watch. I'm gonna but, sit okay. closer to the TV now. You guys are gonna relate to you guys. I haven't seen relate. you in a long time, Sarah. You're looking good. Yeah, you look beautiful, Sarah. <laughs> oh, it's because I just had to do this junket thing, and they showed me how to go into Zoom and like. There's a button to like touch up your appearance. So yeah. I think it's just yeah, there's there like is. a. You don't need like that, a, Sarah. Um, you don't need that. Well, you guys are going to be able to understand um, why this was like scarier for me than any of that, you know, <laughs> uh, level of undress. The thing that was the most terrifying uh, and the thing I had to get most outside of my comfort zone was I had to sing. No way. Oh. No. Now you're the you one who's sick. always broadcast you that you're ho- you always broadcast you that you're a horrible singer, but I'm sure you can carry a tune. No, no she cannot. You lip. No, sick. I can't. I truly can't. So, so they, Maggie said to the Maggie Friedman, the creator of our show, said, "So, how do you feel about karaoke? Or you can rap. We're gonna have you rap an Eminem song." Oh, and I was like, that. "I'm so down. That's so fun. I love it. I can't wait." So then the Eminem song did not clear, and it was right before like a two week break for Christmas holidays. 
And she said, okay, so we've cleared these five songs. So pick any one that you want and you can sing it for karaoke. And I, I was like, oh, the, but the, like, these are all singing. There's no rap here. And she said, sing. yeah, you have to pick one. So I'm driving up to Whistler. My sister Piper's driving. I'm in the passenger seat. My kids are in the back. And I'm just like giving her, just belting out one after the next. And Piper's like, nope. Next one, not a chance. Next one, 100% no. Next one, don't even think about it. And so then I'm like, Piper, we're out of, we're out of songs. Like, we're out of songs. I have, I have to pick one of these. So I call up Maggie, and I was like, Maggie, you sure there's, like, not any rap song in the history of time that we clear? Please, please, for the love of God. I was kicked out of the choir by Mrs. McKinnon in grade five and scarred for life, and I, you know, told Chalk Girls mouth the words for this performance, singing Christmas carols in a mall. And, uh... She said, no, it's really, it's one of these five cleared songs. So I had to sing and I, I, I asked for a singing lesson. So they gave me a singing lesson, which was great. <laughs> and, oh my then, God. and then it comes to the day to do it and we get to the bar and they're like, well, there's no place to set up a screen for karaoke and we really want to get the audio from today. So oh we're just going to put an earwig in your ear. And so you're going to be singing. The bar will be silent. Oh my oh god. god. And what was the song? Have the sound oh of migrating god. voice. What's the song? Belting out um t- uh tub thumping by Chumbawamba. And wait, so what's that song? What's the Chumbawamba song? I get knocked <laughs> he down. Takes a drink. Oh, I, get I, get down. I like that song. He takes a side drink. You sing the songs that remind you of the good times. You sing the songs that remind you of the bad times. Like Danny Boy. Will you give our audience a little preview of of this, Sarah? Go. They got to see the uh, show, man. Wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, they see I mean, the show. it was, I will just start sweating even more than I did trying to figure out the headphones and the ear okay. pods piece of this interview. I love so that I, you are singing now. So, well, well, so I can't even, I mean, I came home and told my sisters this story and they were like, stop talking. I can't, they were like, I can't even hear it. It's just I, the idea, like they just got so uncomfortable hearing that I had to get up in front of a hundred people and just like fill this bar with the sound of only my voice. And I had this earwig, in, not with, um, the actual song playing, but just sort of like this clicking rhythm of like, mm. dun, 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 dun. and I was like, but you know that I'm not musical and I don't understand when to jump in, like just jump in with my dialogue. And um, so I was just like, okay, the only way out is through. Just gotta, I just started dancing like while I was singing to try and distract from the fact that I was singing. And it let me was, ask you um, something. How was you your, went hundred percent though. How was you? your, I went out, I went all how later. was your Catherine Heigl experience? Did you enjoy working with her? So Katie, we, Catherine and I had never met. Dulé Hill is a mutual friend. Oh my God. He, How, why does Dulé Hill come up every episode of the show? He's got to come on the show. We got to have him on. I know, we got to have him on even now. When we don't bring, even when we don't bring him, uh, bring him up, our guests bring him up. Because he's the, <laughs> you, when you have him on, let me come on and say thank you to him. Because what happened was he called me and he was like, my friend Catherine Heigl is doing this new Netflix series called Firefly Lane in Vancouver, your hometown. Can you guys, you know, chat about neighborhoods and schools and stuff that, um, for her kids. And so we got on the phone and we talked for like an hour and just really had the best time. And um, it was like a month later, I think I got this script in my inbox and I opened it up. I was like, wait, this is, this is Catherine Heigl's show. And I read it and it was just this incredible story. And I was so in love with the part and in love with the idea of playing somebody over three decades. And um, so then we met at the cast party and then our first two days together, we're like, you know, playing dress up in the hair and makeup trailer going like, wait, 
put that, wait, cut your hair shorter, longer, try this wig on, more blue eyeshadow, less shoulder pads, more stirrup pants. And, um, and then we just, uh, you know, started hanging out on the weekends and hiking the dogs and, and, uh, then she would have wine and cheese nights for the cast at her house. And then I had parties at my house and her husband, Josh would come over and bring his guitar. And then it evolved into like dance parties in my backyard. And it was just one of those things where we got so lucky because I think, you know, to have to fake, I mean, it's like you guys are best friends in real life. And so that just like translated in the show. We just got along so well. And I think having to fake when you're actually doing scenes where you're sobbing on someone's shoulder. Okay. You're not going to believe this. Hang on one second. I'm taking this with me. I had, it's been a crazy day. I had a time to eat. So right before we started, I thought I would make grilled cheese, which is never. Oh no. Oh Sarah. Sarah. This whole, oh my God. Oh my God. She's holding up a flaming grilled cheese. In case, in case anyone didn't know if Sarah was her real character as Elliot. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know what? I was like, what? It smells so good and bad all at the same time. You are ah. such a character, Sarah Chalk. Should we get into the show? Yeah, we should probably talk about Scrubs. <laughs> All right. Let's sorry, guys. Recap. Sorry for the one-hour uh, prologue. It's time to talk about the television show Scrubs. Donald? Ready. Are you ready with your recap? Ready. Let me set my timer, because everyone wants to know. And Go. Paula has competition in the advice department. Cox needs a win. JD and Elliot seem to be on the relationship men. And Molly Clock, played by Heather Graham, could be its own investigative medical comedy with the cast of Scrubs as a supporting element. Being competitive is one of the most resourceful human assets in life. It can fuel a person to greatness. Some people go too far. Some people have a problem. Life isn't a competition. But I often find I'm most effective and successful when I compete in its game. Mm, in its game. Nice. 46 seconds, graph guy. Hey, I was not to mention the Jordan documentary again, but you just made me think of it. How they, they were like, do you have a gambling problem? He's like, no, I, I'm addicted to competing. And it made me think of uh, what you just said, because um, he 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 just wanted to he wanted to bet. He wanted to compete on, on anything and everything in his life. And um, yeah. And it my point is it drove him, like you're saying, um, the characters in, in this episode. Yeah, I mean, it, you can become great just because of the because of your competitive nature. You know, it's uh, it's half of the half of the game is to compete. Yeah. And everybody in this episode is competing. Absolutely. In some way, shape or form. Yeah. Now, this episode has a very famous moment in it um, for Scrubs fans, and that is when Johnny C. McGinley starts the episode off by saying, either this kid has a light bulb up his butt or his colon has a great idea. <laughs> the best line of Which Scrubs history. Which is off the x-ray. That is one of the funniest <laughs> jokes, I think, ever in Scrubs history. Now, was there another episode about the ass box, or was this the only ass box episode? No, there were no, a bunch there's, of... No, there's there's an episode that's solely about the solely ass the ass box, box. right? Yeah. And right. and and as Scrubs Wiki points out, um, the light bulb that's finally pulled out of this young man's sphincter anus cavity would likely go in the ass box if it weren't for the fact that the guys decide to put it in Kelso's lamp, right? When he lights it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's that scene where he smells. Yeah, that's he so smells. funny. He goes, because "Good they, they, Lord." They, 
<laughs> the, the heat from the light. That's so gross. Percolates the shit. <laughs> the bulb. Yeah, the whole, the, uh, the, the major storyline of this episode is how do you get a light bulb out of someone's anal cavity? You got to go from the top and push. I mean, Otherwise, everyone has everyone has different theories. And the janitor. The Neil janitor's Flynn. involved. Who knew? Who knew the janitor would be of such service? And the, what the fuck is the janitor doing in an operating room? I had what the, the same thought. I had the same thought. And, and nobody has end. on a mask. Nobody has on anything at this at operating room. You have point. to, you know, it's framed out, obviously, but you have to imagine that the guy is on all fours with his anus open to the sky. <laughs> right. And, and 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 the two doctors, okay, they're there, but so is the janitor just looking down at his asshole. Like, how is that guy okay? Was like, would, would, would he never think to say, guys, can you fucking kick the janitor out of here? <laughs> well, the fact that they're doing it for this guy, and Kelso's like, well, well, let me, uh, uh, Cox is like, let me guess, he, he donated a wing? And Kelso goes, he donated a wing, a thigh, and, and a breast. And a breast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, he goes, yes, genius. In this metaphor, the hospital is a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very funny. I thought I laughed you at this and, episode. Yeah, there's very some funny much. Shit. You I don't Cox, remember this episode at all. I don't remember Cox, this at all. First of all, it's the first time you ever call Neil janitor. That's usually Sarah's thing. But you're like, janitor. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Janitor! <laughs> Dude, like, I love the three of them together. Yeah, the three of them together was a lot of fun. It yeah. was like about, a, it was Neil like a shows little up, adventure. When Neil shows up in a doctor's coat and then he puts on the old school mirror. Lamp. Lamp. Right on <laughs> Where'd you get the coat? <laughs> uh, there's some very funny um, Neil things. What about when Sarah and I are, are, are in the – we're co-chiefs, right? And we're in our tiny office and uh, and Neil comes in and he bangs his card against our desk. And he's like, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, time to clean. And we're like, and then he goes, oops, and he spray, and he goes, oops, that one got away. And I'm like, oh, it burns. It's in my eyes. He ammonia goes, ammonia burns. He goes, ammonia burns. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> I want to talk about the supporting cast in this episode because yeah, go ahead. the three of them were hilarious. Yeah. Todd, Doug, and uh, and Nurse Roberts yeah. have some of the funny. But I, I wrote down Aloma was on fire yes. in this episode. Yeah. When she goes, maybe she's racist. Yeah. That shit had me rolling. Yeah. Why is everybody? Why? What about when why she is goes, Elliot taking advice from Molly and not me? Maybe she's racist. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. What about when Aloma so straight, so straight and so dry? She goes, Doug wants to give this guy five hundred thousand milligrams of morphine. I thought I'd check with you before I killed him, man. <laughs> <laughs> that delivery was amazing. Delivery, amazing. delivery was perfection. I thought I checked with you before Johnny I killed Castle him, and Aloma right on the show. We yeah, have gotten to a have lot of requests. Uh, we got Joelle. We've gotten a lot of requests. Let's have both of them on at the same time. Okay. How about that? And what about what about when Zeltzer when Bob Glenn says that's why my wife and I use candles? Yeah. <laughs> what does he mean, though? Does he he mean means they candles? shove candles up each other's ass, dude. Oh, my they God. They jam yeah. candles up each other. That's they do they, they, It's a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ow. It hurts. Zeltzer's such a <laughs> twisted fuck. I love Bob Clendenin, another person we need to have on the podcast. That'd be great. Joel. And Nick Head was so funny in this one. Mick Nick Head has a line again. I want to talk about Beard Fassay or Beard Face in different points in the background. 
Yeah, they can't like, figure out where Beard Fusay works in this hospital. Like he's all over the place. And do you even notice – I really notice because I'm always tracking the progress of Beard Fusay. He's very often in the pharmacy window. So like is he a pharmacist? And if he's a pharmacist, how come he's everywhere else? Like shouldn't right. he be filling prescriptions? Right. What, what does Beard Fusay do, in, do the- in this hospital? Right. He's in the ER all the time. He's everywhere, Beard Fusay. Yeah. The thing about the key background players like Beard Fassay, Mick Head, um, Snoop Dogg resident, they always knew where the camera was. So they were smart. They knew like my background work will be like where the camera is, obviously. But I'm trying to like process who Beard Fassay is in the hospital. Like if he's yeah, not the pharmacist, why is he always in the pharmacy window? Right. Mick Head is a doctor. Snoop Dogg is an intern. What the fuck is Johnny Castle's a, a resident? Johnny Castle didn't make resident. He didn't make resident. <laughs> That's funny. Duck doesn't, doesn't when... make resident. Doug doesn't way, it's so make funny. resident. It's so funny when Sarah and I each have to pick our interns and Doug goes, pick the hot chick. And I go, shut up, Doug. We'll take the hot chick. <laughs> 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 so that was very funny. The, when, when, when Cox on the ramp tells uh, me that Sarah has been chosen as uh, the chief. That was very funny. I scream. Yeah, and you throw all the cards yes. in the air. I go. I just like this was. This is a meme that I see all the time, um, or, or a gif. Um, why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? And then I scream. And throw and all then, the cards. It was one of my favorite moments of the episode. You then you're said- like, I just, I just have three questions. Why do you hate me? Who's going to tell my mom? And what the hell am I going to do with 5,000 John Dorian chief resident business cards? Yeah, I made the cards, mate. And then, I, and then right away, I used it to hit on a, hit on a chick. <laughs> um, we should talk about Heather because she's really she's good so in the great. show. And, yeah. and, and even though this is an episode and you're narrating, she kind of is the storyteller in this yeah. episode. Popping she jumps in around. And out of, yeah, popping in and out of everywhere. Uh, I thought she did a wonderful job. This actually could be a show. I remember that after she did her run with us, she went on and did another show for a little bit. But I don't know what that Emily's show was reasons about. why not. Yeah, was that a was that the medical show that she did right after us? It wasn't medical, but it was it was it, it was short lived. It didn't it right. didn't have a long run. But yeah, I mean, I think that this. I mean, I just and I'm sure Heather would agree that this like. This showed a new side to her. People knew her as like, you know, the the sexy blonde, um, you know, leading lady. And this really showed that she could be versatile and be really funny. And I, yeah, I think she that, very well. She character actor. She showed that she has the skills. Yeah, to, she's really funny in this. Yeah, one of my and, favorite moments is when when she, Judy goes, uh, "Why did you just close your eyes at me?" She's like, "Oh, I can't blink," and she just. <laughs> <laughs> She's so weird, the character. She sets so up weird. she sets up work on a bench because she can't find her office. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my she walks into your office and goes, This is not my office. You know what movie that's from? Let's yeah, see if you freaking know. come on, man. Beverly Hills Cop. This two. is not I think my it's office. Two. Is it two? Uh, this is not my locker. This is, this is the first my- one. This is not my locker. It's the first Is that motherfucking Axel Foley in here? Yeah. <laughs> that guy was so good, that actor. And the guy who played the, the deputy fucking... chewed off the beef. The man cool. You see, I ain't got no ass left. You still got a little bit of ass left. <laughs> still got a little bit. Don't fuck with me, Axel. <laughs> that guy not was today. amazing. What a good actor. Yeah, man. That guy great was. actor. So was the uh, captain of the Beverly Hills when he's like, Yeah, Bogomil. This, 
But is this the man who? Oh, that rapped? guy, right? right. <laughs> we, we, me, and my sister uh, used to laugh so hard at him going, "Is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the Harrow Club this morning?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, walks out. And then yeah. he walks out, and Eddie Murphy picks up on it. Is just a man who wrecked. <laughs> Is this the man who disabled one of our patrol cars by sticking a banana in the tail? But, 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 you know, disabled <laughs> our disabled 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 one mm. of our patrol cars with a banana. <laughs> <laughs> That guy was amazing. That guy was amazing. I bet no one has ever pointed out that both captains in Beverly Hills Cop are masterfully played. Well played. Well Well played. played. Guys, you didn't. Did you five, six, seven, eight? Oh, before you came in. We did it before you, you, Sarah. (gasps) Do you want to try it? You can do it on the way out, Sarah. You can. You got the. You got the extra. So let's explore this. This is the beginning of JD and Elliot rekindling their friendship. Trying, but I mean, I don't understand what the hell JD. I don't understand what the hell JD's doing. He's like, he he just broke this woman's heart, and I mean, he's. I mean, I'm just watching these back, Sarah. I'm so infuriated by my character. Sometimes it's like he just <laughs> he just broke up with her and broke her heart and broke her up with Sean for no reason, and now he's like, hey, it'd be really great if we could like hang out, you know, like as friends, like outside coffee. And she's like so nice to him. Like, well, I need a little more time. Like, she should be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> Agreed. Although she is like, "Fuck you" for a lot of it. But then they do have. I thought. I don't know. I thought that coffee, that like that coffee scene, was kind of sweet. So did I. I know, but didn't you feel that it was a little soon? Like knowing what JD has done to this poor woman. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know how yes. she can ever forgive. I don't know how she could ever forgive you. Thing is, I mean, she has to because you guys work in the same place. So eventually, you guys are going to have to be. And you work. You guys seem to have the same shifts all the time, so you're gonna have to be friends. I wish again. they'd explained a little bit more. And I, I, I know the truth that fucking people do this all the time, and 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 it's and it's real. But I wish they'd explain a little more, like what what JD was so afraid of, because he's clearly crazy about her. He's afraid of commitment or something, whatever. I just feel like it's never really exposed. Like, why is he playing such? Mind games with her. It's not. He's not sinister. Because we try to go to obviously does truly love her at the in the end. Because we're trying to go nine seasons, dude. That's why. Oh, just because we want to go nine seasons. Do we? I can't remember. Do we do? Do we find out later? In I think that Donald's right. Donald's right that the production reason is because people are so into will they or won't they get them together, break them up, get them together, break them up. But I I I don't remember and and just watching it, I'm like, why is this guy such a fucking asshole? People and it's not like that in real life too. The will they or won't they get them together, break them up? That's only for movies, man. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of people listening, I'm sure, who who've gotten back together, broken up, gotten back together, broken up with the same person. Yeah, and that relationship still didn't work. You're saying that in the end, if you're doing that bullshit, you can't really work ultimately. There's no way getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together, breaking up works out in the end. There's no way. Really? I can't imagine. McConaughey's that. parents were married three times. Right. It's it stuck really? eventually. Yeah. Right. Wait, who was Joel? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's parents. Yeah. And that's then a... his father died while he was having sex with his mom. Yeah. That's oh impressive. Wow. I did not know this. I did not know this, this is either. True story. Joel with the with the trivia. <laughs> imagine um. you imagine you get married and then it doesn't work out. You get divorced and then you go. I I'm not getting married again. I regret it. Let's get married again. No. Okay. No. No. no okay. No, no, no. No, we got divorced again. All right, you know what? 
I miss you. Should we get married again? Like, no, why? No, no, no. Why not just date? I just don't see that happening. Like, I think, I think even when you get back together with someone and who you've been with a long time, like, let's say it was years since you had dated, and then you meet each other again and you date again. I think the minute that I don't think people change that much to where you know the things that annoyed you back then are going to pop up eventually and you're going to be like this is the same shit that it was 10 years ago oh but i'm a romantic don't you believe that that you can meet someone down the line that you had a thing with and you can be like all of a sudden it's new context and you've both experienced a lot of life and you went and you go eureka oh my god when harry met sally is a movie that shit does not happen in real life, man. People don't have people aren't that busy. That's bullshit. I'm telling you right now. I, I, I don't Joelle think people are that busy, man. I don't think people are that busy, man. I don't think people are that busy, dude. I don't think people have that much going on in their life that all of a sudden, four years, five years makes such a big difference when it comes to relationships. I don't, especially if the person if the person annoyed you five years ago, most likely. They're going to annoy you to five years later. Well, listen, if you're someone that like got back together with their like high school or college sweetheart after so many years of, and maybe you both got married, other people and that, and you came, will you contact Joel? Because I'd like to have you on. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold up. You dated in the past. This is what it has to be. You dated in the past. Mm -hmm. You broke up because it was a broke, the relationship sucked. Mm Mm-hmm. And then 10 years later, however, you got married and then later on you got back together because you both have changed so much. Yeah. I am I am eager to talk to yeah, this Yeah, we want to hear from And you. it has to have worked out. So please slide. And it has to have worked out. You have to still be together. It can't be, oh, we dated for like a year and then it shit didn't work. Or we've been dating for a year now and the shit, and, and it's going okay. You have, to, you have to have did it, broken up, and then been a success again for at least what? How, how long should we say, guys? Two years? Two years? Okay. Two years? Two, three, yeah, two years. And okay. the sex has to be better than it ever was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and y'all better be fucking. That's right. Yeah. Y'all better be fucking. And we want to hear about... And Joelle wants to hear about that. We want to hear you fuck. We're going to have you on to fuck on the show. Right. Oh, my <laughs> word. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna start OnlyFans, fake doctors, yeah. real friends, OnlyFans. Are we allowed, Joelle, to have a couple copulate on the show live? Is that and, I heart? I, mean, okay. I think legally, It'll be the realest OnlyFans ever because we'll actually have... Have only fans of fake doctors, real friends, doing wow. sexual this is exciting. Deeds Sarah, do you want to come back when the couple bangs on the show? Oh You're welcome God. to join us. This podcast has come has just changed a lot since last yeah. time. <laughs> we're trying to tone sure. tone back. I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, we're trying back. to we're trying to trim back the sexual talk a tiny bit, but in this context, <laughs> why do people do. write in? Do people comment? No, no, nobody, like, nobody's really got people don't upset. complain. People don't complain about the R-rated stuff that much. They get Do they? Joel's like, making faces. Hold up, Joel. Okay. They definitely don't. They don't. No, no they don't complain about that. I, get, I think they love it. I got, I get, I got a woman who, who berated me um, for talking about how I was starving myself and and drinking smoothies to lose weight. She said that I should be more responsible for because children have uh, eating disorders, and I completely respect that. But I, I also feel like I should be able to say, like, I'm don't follow me. I don't have the healthiest diet in the world. I'm just sharing. Yeah. what i do but i mean by all means um i respect that that young people people of all ages have eating disorders i got i got a i got two letters this oh, what, what uh, were they about were, one was polite and one was not so polite one was polite like hey listen 
guys. Um, I know that you're very busy and you guys have your own lives and stuff like that. But a lot of us really look forward to when the show comes out. So if you guys wow. would not take breaks in between shows, <laughs> that's, that's tough. that would be Thanks. great. Like if you could just, if you always did Tuesdays <laughs> and Thursdays, that'd be great. Aww. Right. And then, and then, and then he goes, and this was this Thursday. And remember uh, the, the past episode dated late. It, it posted late. Yeah. And so then an hour later, I get another one. Oh, never mind. It just, I see that you posted late, right? That's the first one. The right. second one is like, really you guys cute. are fucking rude, man. What the fuck, man? Don't you know how much I fucking need this shit? Fuck yeah. y'all for this. And then an hour later, I apologize. Oh my, my God. bad. I see you posted late. Is that, why you, is that why you texted us like early in the morning? Like the show didn't post? Yeah, that's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's yeah. so cute how much it means to people and how much they're counting on it. People are oh, very it, into the it, show, it, and we're very grateful about it. But man, I, so I'm, I'm always surprised too, Sarah. Like people are, we have the most incredible fans, and people really, really love this um, for some reason. I'm, I'm, I'm very, 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 very surprised and very grateful. We have a fan caller. Speaking of which, uh, we're going to go to break. Sarah, would you like to toss to break? I would love to. So what you're going to say? Honored. What you're going to say in Canadian is. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with a guest. Go. So put on your toques and turn off your garburetors because we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with our guest. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval term. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. 
Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. And we're back. We're back. All right. Who we got, Joelle? Let him in. Jamie Fullerton. Jamie Fullerton. Jamie Fullerton. Jamie Fullerton. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank Don't you. Donald, I always wanted to do that. It's Thank yours. You. It's Jamie, yours. welcome to the program. You have a special treat today because the Sarah Chalk, everyone's favorite Canadian, is on the program. Well, I am blessed then. Thank you. Yes, sir. Not everybody who comes on the show gets a Sarah Chalk Zoom personal meeting, but you are getting it. I know because... Y'all are treating me good like that. Enjoy. Are you going to watch? Are you going to watch Sarah's new show tomorrow, which premieres on Netflix? What is the show's name? Sarah, go. It's called Firefly Lane. Firefly I w- Lane. I will make it a point then. Yeah, Absolutely. please do. Um, it's with Catherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk. Um, they're both scantily clad. And um, oh, now we're in. Yeah, everyone's going <laughs> to love it. Donald and I will both be sitting. Way too close to the TV. <laughs> Re- rewind, pause. Rewind, pause. Yeah. A lot of there will be a lot of that. Yes. Yes. Um, um, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? You have a southern accent. Uh, Dallas, Texas. Right on. Dallas in the house. One of my favorite cities. Dallas. Dallas in the house. My wife spends a lot of time in Dallas. She is yes, from she the Texas area. Excellent. We love that area. You know what I love? I love, okay, so I love the Tex-Mex. One of my favorite places yes. in Dallas is me casinos. Yes, we uh, just we just went there for my birthday last week. Nice, congratulations! I love what is it? What is it? What is the drink called? The where it's like a slushy and it's got the uh, what's it called? What's Margaritas? it called? No, not the margarita, but the it's hurricane? like a hurricane. No, it's like the it's like the uh, caipirinha, orange Julius. No, um, no, it's it's a it's a color. Is it? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What I'm color? not gonna get her. I'm just gonna ask her. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Donald has a Real doctors, fake, fake, fake doctors, real friends. You might want to learn the name of the podcast, Sarah. But yes, Sarah, do you want one of those? Will you wear it around? Are you kidding me right now? I want one. I want a, <laughs> I want a Zach and Donald onesie. Sarah, if you send wear me around my house. of you, if you send me a picture of you in the fake doctors, real friends onesie, I'll be the so happy. Mambo okay. taxi. Did you have a Mambo taxi? I, I did not because we were going to my son's first communion, so I thought I better. Oh. <laughs> you didn't want to be hammered at that. Congratulations. Well, even though I'm not Catholic, but no. <laughs> you probably Have you had the it. Mambo taxi before? Uh, I think I had it one time many years What's ago. What's in a Mambo taxi? I don't know, but it's like it's it really is like it's like a delicious tangy sherbety type of Very alcoholic and it gets you so drunk like it's I remember tequila, Oh, it's a sangria and a margarita. Mixed together. Like, oh, yeah. So much sugar. Oh, it was so good. You're not too bad hangover, so all that sugar. Hurting. Listen. Have you ever had a mambo taxi? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. All right, dude. Welcome to the program, Jamie. Do you have a question for any of us? Yeah. In fact, um, in a couple podcasts ago, you mentioned how much you were into cinematography. Yes, sir. So my question for the group is, what movie has the best cinematography? 
Oh, how could you possibly ask that question? Ooh. I'm going to have to go with Garden State. Yes, Sarah. Good answer. <laughs> the best photograph movie of all time. Thank you. Although that film was photographed by Larry Schur, who Larry uh, Schur is a... I like to think I discovered because then he went on to become well, one of the he's famous biggest... now. He's very famous Well, now. he's had a lot of big movies, but The Joker has made him uh, an Oscar nominee. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, who wants to go first? Donald, do you have a favorite? I'm sure it's going to be a Star Wars movie. Do you have a favorite uh, cinematography uh, film? Yes, The Empire Strikes Back is filmed actually very well. Um, if you want to look at any of the Star Wars movies, I think that's the most innovative out of all of them. Uh, mm -hmm. From that moment on, it uh, I'm not going to say it was the same thing over again, but they just figured out a way to, I mean, before that, everything was really slow. And then the Empire Strikes Back happens and everything is ramped up and it's really fast and the action is fast paced. And so I'm going to go Empire Strikes Back. The asteroid field part. I remember that part Amazing. always blew my mind. Okay. So it's one of the first tracking shots of something that isn't real. Like they developed that shot, just the Tauntaun running in the snow in the beginning is something that's never been done before. It had never been done before and they had to figure it out at ILM. Just putting it out there. All right. Uh, Sarah, do you have a favorite movie uh, in terms of cinematography? I mean, it's been years since I've watched it, and it definitely deserves a rewatch. But I remember at the time being obviously so mind-blown by um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, that's a great one. What a beautiful movie that is. You didn't say that about Empire Strikes Back, and I'm very disappointed. Well, I just, I really, to be honest, I zoned out. I was like, I'm going to let him do a solid two minutes on Star Wars. For sure. <laughs> so it's your face. Um, the first thing that popped into my head was the movie Manhattan. Um, it's black and white. It's a, it's a Woody Allen movie. Um, I know uh, people have very uh, passionate feelings about Woody Allen and his films uh, now, but that doesn't change the fact that it is a beautifully filmed movie um that's that's like the first thing that popped into my head a um, similar thing with like bradford young who's just like this incredible cinematographer for you people who are like really into popular movies he did solo but then he also did uh was a director of photography for selma but my cinematographer david chari his favorite movie is mother of george and the way he just shoots like skin which seems silly and maybe weird but it's just it's so beautiful everyone is luminescent and the whole movie has this like gorgeous glow and it's it's really great i love bradford young's work okay daniel joel i'm writing that down mother of george because i have not oh seen yeah it. definitely check it out really powerful okay. movie uh, if i get the, if i get the chance i would also say goodfellas that's yeah, yeah it's a good one. it would be well great shot. if you it would be funny if you would if i get the chance i'd also like to say Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you thought it was coming, didn't you? That would have been funny. <laughs> I would like to give you a second take on that joke. Okay, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Take two, go. If I get the chance, I'd, I'd like to also say Return of the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> the way that they captured that Ewok fur. <laughs> just the, there was a just beautiful backlight on the Ewok's fur. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Daniel, your turn. Uh, the one that comes to mind recently, Blade Runner 2049. Shout out Roger Deakins. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I, it not a lot of, really? Well, I wasn't. Did I you mean, like the movie? The movie was fine, but the experience of watching the movie was unmatched. It's just gorgeous in so many yeah, different the, ways. Yeah, the, the. By the way, you just made me think of another one that I don't know who shot it. Um, will you look up for me, Joel? But Mad Max Fury Road. Um, oh, so good. Th that is. That shot well, the, yes. The fact that that movie. 
is not only beautifully photographed if it weren't for what even 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 independent of the way they're filming it but there's no green screen and they literally are all flying through the endless desert and did you know that why are you making that face daniel but there, you're right. There's a lot of practical, but there's also a shit ton of green screen. I'm sure yeah. there's a little green screen, but dude, for, for in terms of movies that have yeah. that amount of action, right. I, I've right. watched behind yeah. the scenes featurettes on it. Yeah, I mean, totally, totally. There dude, is... You could feel that heat when that shit comes out. Yeah. You feel that heat, man. I mean, there's what... a million examples, but it's always interesting to know what your brain vomits up first. For me, it became I went Manhattan. Oh, and Dallas said Goodfellas. For some reason, that made me think of. Uh... No, it was probably you, Dallas. It was probably when you said. Um... Blade Runner. Blade Runner, because it made me think of a remake or something. But anyway, those are our answers. There's a zillion answers. Um, I think it's important, uh, if you're a film lover, to start to get to know cinematographers because um, they are such an enormous part of the film that you love. I mean, directors in varying degrees are are, are either super involved in the cinematography or not at all. Um and, and so it really is a, uh, creating the images of the movie you love so much is really a, a partnership between the director and the cinematographer. And um, so it, it, take note of, of who they are because their, their names are important too. John Seal is the DP who shot uh, Mad Max. Thank you. Hey, Jamie, let me ask you a question. What's yours? Well, Zach kind of stole my thunder there with Fury Road. That's <laughs> not only was it great, <laughs> well shot, of course, um, but it's also like my, my second favorite movie. So... That that movie just like that that movie that was just movie. such an that's movie was such an adrenaline rush. I watch it. I watch it every year, that's just great. for the, just because it's so good. Um. All right. What's your next question, Jamie Fullerton? Well, um, I guess this is a real quick one. Um, will Ken Jenkins be coming be coming back to Scrubs to, to y'all's podcast? Because the way his podcast episode ended, oh, that was my favorite. That was amazing. The way he ended it. Because <laughs> and if you if if the people out there haven't seen it, Donald's praise. Donald's giving him praise, just like he's such a great actor. He does this, he does that, and Don and I called Ken, him the MVP of the show. That's right. And I was like, Ken, Ken, you are the MVP of the show. I mean, Donald gave him a very nice thing for a couple yeah, so minutes. Sincere, so sincere. And then and then Ken with this with his gravelly voice says, Faison, one of the reasons I agreed to come on this podcast." was to hear beautiful bullshit like that. <laughs> and uh, and oh, Zach, Zach, Zach was in the background, just shut it off, we're done. And he yeah. was. I, I, I was, was like, you can't beat that. We should have him that. back. Should we have him back? Joel, will you do me a favor? Do do mm-hmm. everyone, do Jamie Fullerton and all the listeners a favor. Find out the most Ken-heavy episode and, and let's ask him. His Sarah, son. do you want to come back when we have Ken on? Yes. All right. Okay. I would love it. Oh, I miss Ken. Um, Ken, um, his son was very helpful in orchestrating, um, uh, getting Ken on and, uh, I'm sure he'll help us again. Cause Ken is a barrel of laughs. Maybe All right, Ken's Jamie. son could also help me with the technical. Piece of <laughs> All right, Jamie, it's time for everyone in Dallas's favorite segment. It's time to fix your life. And we also have the beautiful Sarah Chalk here to help you all the way from Vancouver or Van Groovy. Don't they say Van Groovy, Sarah? Van Groovy. Uh, all the groovy people do. Yeah, I've heard it called Van Groovy. Sarah has new color hair. Yeah, Sarah, what color is that? Good. Oh, it's called um, Quarantine Chic. <laughs> oh, so that's it your is natural. Nice. Is that your natural color? This has been a year and four months. You haven't dyed it in a year and four months? Uh-uh. Oh, looks I like beautiful. it. Um, I have not beautiful. I have not dyed it in a year or four months. I also left it about 
uh, I think it was almost a year, but I hadn't cut it. And I was just like, so annoyed with it and done. And my friend was like, if you put it in a ponytail on top of your head and you just cut the end of the ponytail, it kind of makes layers naturally. Did that work? So I did it. I did it and it does not make layers <laughs> naturally. I had to you don't have any gray though. A professional six. What's that? You have no gray. Oh, it's like zoom. That's the oh. zoom. <laughs> I don't see I, it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some in there if I got close enough. I'm sad to say that my beard is like all gray and you can't. I thought that beard. was your I white tried. ass skin. I thought that was your white ass skin. Zach's not laughing. He's not. That's not racist. It's true, man. I thought you're saying that I'm. You're saying that my skin is as white as gray hair. I don't even have any beard (laughs) on, dickhead. (laughs) You're just a fucking dick. All right, let's focus on. I smoked too much weed today. I smoked. I know, Sarah. He smoked (laughs) so much pot today. He can barely focus. It's Friday. Do it, man. He does it on a Monday morning, Jamie. Jamie, <laughs> Jamie is my kind Jamie, of... You don't have, I'm here in a mama taxi. <clears throat> Jamie, you probably don't have legal weed uh, down there uh, yet, right? No, I don't think so. Not yet. Yeah, well, yeah. It's going to take the south a smidgen longer. But Donald, it really takes advantage of the uh, recreational legal weed here in, in California. Eh, go for it, right? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Go ahead. I am trying to stop. Well, it's not going well. It's not. I'm failing miserably. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie. Uh, how can we? How can we fix your life? Okay. Um. Now I'm glad Sarah's here too because yeah, I have me a. Too. <laughs> because as a fellow parent, I have a question. Okay. Do did y'all find having raising when it, or having an eight year old to be very difficult? Mm. Whenever they get to about eight years old, is it? Is it it's very difficult? Always, it's always difficult. Well, um, I, yeah, I'm just saying it seems to be getting yeah, my, a little, they, little more start, difficult. Yeah, they're starting. He's very – my son's seven. He's very rebellious now and very – he's starting to uh, discover his personality and the things that makes him who he is. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he's very funny. He's very uh, immature. Mm-hmm. And very loud. And when I say immature, I don't mean immature like uh, like he's not keeping up. He's immature like his jokes, albeit they are a little bit grown for his age, are a little immature. Like, you know, what he finds funny is potty jokes and stuff like that. Well, but yeah. we find potty jokes funny and we're funny. I still do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but, poop, good poop ain't not, but ain't nothing like a seven-year-old telling a poop joke what's an example of time. one of his jokes he'll be like knock knock who's there so okay so look we were watching splash on disney plus the other night and i remember my wife was at the beginning it says this film has been modified because i remember when i was a kid there's a little bit of booby nipple slippage in splash oh i remember daryl hannah triggering right. some things inside me yeah go ahead right and so we're watching the movie and they've now covered all of that so i'm like great we don't have to worry about it but then the Swedes, the Swedes come to view the mermaid. And I don't know if you guys remember in Splash, when the Swedish scientists come, uh, Eugene Levy, Tom Hanks, and John Candy pose as these scientists. So Eugene Levy returns as the scientist, and then John Candy and Tom Hanks pose as the Swedes. 
but they don't speak a word of 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 Swedish, mm-hmm. right? Of the Swedish <laughs> language. Right. And the the guy, the guard at the gate is the guard at the door is like, you know, guys, I got to be honest with you. Before you go in, I took uh, Swedish lessons in college, and so I am actually kind of fluent. I'd love to practice on you guys. And so he says something, and they look at each other, and they're like, sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. And then they try to walk by. And he's like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. And then he says something like, what are, in Swedish, he says, in Sweden, he says, what are two guys like you doing in New York this time of year? And John Candy goes, in Swedish, hey, babe, you know I have a 12-inch penis. And then they all start laughing. My son can read now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's seven. Yeah. Right. So now everything, every joke he tells is, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe who? Hey, babe, you know I have a 12-inch penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's not. That's problematic. <laughs> Oh. So, Jamie, all you got to do is watch Splash with your kid. Yeah, there you go. Problem solved. Sarah, they're always going to be. They're always going to be that way, dude. They're always yeah. going to be difficult. Is my point. You're never ever going to be comfortable in this situation as okay. a dad. Your best job, your best thing you can ever do, the best thing you can do is try to raise a good person, and they're going to annoy the shit out of you. But you got to persevere. You're the mm. adult. You're in charge. Yeah. Yeah, what about true. you, Sarah? You got any child advice? Child rearing? Well, advice? okay. So, Jamie, tell me what is it specifically that's happening right now? Well, it's just a lot of times he, uh, we need him to do something, and he just starts to try to make jokes. He tries to just blow it off. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, his mom wanted him to put away some clothes. You know, just a something simple. And he was playing on his switch. So I told him, "Hey," he, and she said it twice. He didn't do it. I said, hey, hit pause on it and, you know, get these clothes put away. He says, there's no pause button. I'm like, wait a second. I know how this thing works. You hit one, you hit this button and it pauses. Yeah, but daddy, it doesn't say pause. What's it matter? Just <laughs> get clothes away. Smart kid. Smart kid. Smart kid. You can't be pause. mad at that. You can't well, they be must mad be at trying that. Out. I'm guessing at that age, they're trying. They're trying to, like, to test limits. And exactly. Exactly. But it's like You're in charge, dude. Yeah, Sarah, so go I'm ahead. Not. Sarah, you've got Canadian's best here. Go ahead. I think, you know, it's it's at every age, there's just like another another challenge. And it just, you're always one step behind, right? Because, yeah. you know, I have a four-year-old and an 11-year-old. And obviously, like, at every age, I was like, oh, I have never parented that age before and dealt with these challenges. And keep in mind, like, you're not just dealing with an eight-year-old. You're dealing with an eight-year-old who's in quarantine in a, yeah, yep. you know, completely unprecedented pandemic. So the things that are coming up, I mean, I feel like... You know, uh, certainly in our household, it's that, you know, that balance of like you're trying to uh, set limits and also be compassionate for what they're going through, because it's certainly we did not have to go through anything like this. And they're under so many challenges to uh, wrap their brains around what's happening and try not to absorb our stress over it. But what came to light for me in this pandemic was like, I thought I was like doing all of the things uh, that I thought were important in terms of making my kids contribute in the house and doing things like you're talking about, like, can you fold this laundry? Can you do that? But life is so busy. And it wasn't until it all of a sudden settled that I was like, oh shit, we're actually not doing nearly 
as much as I thought we were of that. So we made that a huge priority at the beginning of the pandemic. We've got chore charts. And if you don't like, you know, there's, there's laundry and vacuuming and, you know, dishes and whatever. And if you don't do your chore, then you have to swap out. You can, someone else can pick your chore the next time and make you do the bad chore, which is compost, take out the compost. It's like a reality show. I like that. It's like a reality show. And, and yeah, we just sort of had shit get real. Like, you know, we, uh, I think I thought I was saying no more than I was. And I realized I have to do that more, which is mm-hmm. not always been my strong how suit. Do you, right. How do you um, feel about saying, that's a good question. How do you feel about saying no? Like I have a, I don't, I don't mind saying no, but I have a problem saying no. You know what I mean? Like I have an issue with being like, you can't do that. I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, I really thought I was great. I, I thought I was good at it. I thought I actually did that until I realized that I didn't. And so that's been a huge thing is like more boundaries, more no. I think, you know, obviously as they get bigger and bigger, well, actually that's not true when they're little too, structure is so key and so important and feeling the, you know, the walls and the boundaries because they're always looking for them. And if you don't put them there, then they're going to, they're going to climb just gonna, over them Just things. test, test, test. Okay, well, what if I can never find the pause button um, on my switch? And <laughs> Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. You'll be laughing, crying, and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this, like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Ding dong, Las, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Yeah. Yo, you got you gotta you gotta take charge, man. Like yep. put the game away. That's, that's what we're learning. That's what we you did. know. We we put the game away for a bit, and because we were realizing that he was doing things for the game, like everything he was doing just was just so he could play the game. And it was like, uh, we're gonna take the game completely away. So now everything you're doing is because you're doing it. And then every now and then we'll let him play. And it's mm-hmm. so much more rewarding. And then I don't have a hard time being like, get off the game because he knows if he says, Oh, one second, can I get five minutes? Yeah, we, he's tried. He's that never too. gonna play that shit again. <laughs> it's always you, a negotiation. It's there's never like it's always like, but how about okay, ten more minutes, okay, five more minutes? I'll give you five minutes, more. more I, I say I'll give you five more minutes, but then you can never play again. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, Jamie, you're welcome. Uh, thanks, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're so you can, welcome. You can stay on because uh, you're you're delightful, and we love Texas. And uh, I think we're done, guys. We did the show. I want to just say one last thing. Aloma was fire in this episode. Yeah. Fire. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Aloma. Aloma and right. and um, we 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 hear you fans, and and you've said it a lot, and I see it. And Joelle is going to be on it. We want to book Bob Clendenin. We want to book Johnny Castle. And we want to book um, Aloma Ken again. Wright. Aloma Wright, sorry. And we want to book Ken again. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we do all three of those uh, favorite uh, secondary characters on the same episode. That could be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. Um, of fun. I also one want to last say shout out to Judy when she said, um, "You don't have that cookie. We're getting a divorce." She was so <laughs> good in that moment. Yeah. You don't that. eat that cookie. That made me laugh out loud. Right? Yeah. And I like I like it when. Um, when um, Kelso says to the uh, the guy who's given all the money regarding his son who had the light bulb up his ass, he goes, Lyle might be ready for that rough sex talk you had with your other boys. <laughs> 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 I just love the name. The name, his name is Lyle. This is a funny picturing him. Oh, and then and then Zach jumping around with the movers on the bubble wrap. Yo, I was going to say this Come earlier. Come on, Dorian, you got to want it. <laughs> you look like you were lifting weights back then, huh? I was you in came shape. Back in, you came back into season four in shape. You had, I was. You had some uh, triceps there. Yeah, I'm trying to get back there. I was there. I was. I had some nice definition with it. You see, I put that, that whatever that thing is, the movers wear that supports around your waist. Mm-hmm. I had that on. Looked good. <laughs> I'd hit it. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, we love you, everybody listening. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. Sarah, I don't know what to say. The amount of love that Donald and I have for you is just too much. I'm really excited for your new show. Yes. I'm, plug your, can you plug tell, your show plug your tomorrow. It's time for everybody. It comes on tomorrow, Wednesday, guys. Donald, you don't remember the title name, do you? Yeah, I do. What is it called? Uh, it's called uh, Scrubs Rerot Show. Yes, I told you. Kids, kids, weed. I was going to try and do like a kids. charades for Donald and act it out. Kids, weed, not even once. All right, go ahead, Sarah. Plug your show. It's Firefly Lane it's on Netflix. Firefly Lane, people. Listen, you guys Firefly know what's going to happen. You're going to do the same thing you do every night. You're going to be scrolling through Netflix, scrolling through all the other services going, no, no, no. And you're going to think of my voice going, Firefly Lane. No, I'm going to think of Sarah's voice going Firefly Lane. It's right. way better. Right. Firefly Lane. Well, right. I'm going to think of Zach's voice actually now. Yeah. Because that was a little scary. Sarah, Sarah sell, sell it in a seductive voice for the listeners. No. Okay, sorry. Don't. This ain't OnlyFans Say it in yet. French, Sarah. It ain't OnlyFans yet. Fly, Firefly Lane, c'est le, le 3 de février, uh, demain, Netflix. 
I will watch it. Excellent. Sarah, when you're, um, do they ever ask you to dub yourself in French? Because they should. Because you can do it. They, they, they haven't. And I have offered. So I don't know if I should be offended. (laughs) They don't want to pay you that check. They don't want to pay you that check. (laughs) I was like, I need to, I need to find some way to make sense of my life that I went to school in French all day from the age of five to 18 and to German school after school. So I was like, if you want, I'll do the the dubbing in French and German, and then they didn't call. You're the rare. What's person the most you've had to use your German or your French? Have you had to be like other than like vacationing to uh, places where they speak said languages? What is like the most you've ever had to use it? Has it come so, in handy once? Other I than feel like, like I have to thank junkets. Bill Lawrence for that because I think the most I've had to use it is on, on Scrubs. You know, Bill mm-hmm. Bill would write it into the show, and and I would have to. What about when you did um, that? So cool. that was one of my. Oh my god! Yeah. I'm gonna have nightmares. That was one of my. That was one of my favorite skits that we did. Uh, uh, skits that we did when we were standing in front of the international press junket, and Zach steps up and says, "Sarah, you know, we're because we're international. We bought our own translator, and he bought you up. And so Zach says some very nice things about the show and when we'll be coming on. And he goes, now Sarah." And then you said, and then you said it in French, and then everybody applauds, and then Zach goes, now German, and then everybody <laughs>, laughs, and then you did it in German, and everybody applauds, and then me being the dumbass that I am, I grabbed the microphone and I said, and now an Ebonics for shizzle nizzle. I forgot about that. I totally forgot about that. All right, on that note, five, six, seven, eight. No, Sarah's supposed to do it. Daniel, no. Daniel, no. Sarah, go ahead. stories about a show we made. About a bunch of dogs and nurses in a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart, and I'm very forgiving, but, like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one.